Welcome, everybody, to the Steve Jordan Experience. Pleasure to have you here with me today. And it is a pleasure to have my guest, Risa Guru. Risa Guru is a nutritionist and not just a nutritionist. She's a entrepreneur nutritionist, someone who's created a method called the food frame. She's trademarked this method to simplify nutrition, to make it more palatable, easier to, uh, to just dive into and be able to start creating results. She finds that people are, you know, dieting and creating different types of dis-ease in their, in, in their way of eating and in their minds and bodies. And she has simplified this method. She's been all over the news. She's been working with a lot of professional athletes, celebrities, and everybody else in between to help them feel good from the inside out. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Risa Gru. Thank you, Steve. It's so great to be here. Awesome. And you are a local uh, down here in SoCal in Orange County. As you know, I just told you I moved to Costa Mesa from LA and you are here in Newport Beach. I mean, we are in paradise. We're neighbors. <laughs> I know. This is where people come to vacation, right? I know. It is great. I, I take, you know, we go visit. I take friends and when they come into town or family over to Crystal Cove and you right. see some of the, you know, the cliffs there and the beautiful, pristine water and, you know, go looking for the sea urchins and the shell. I mean, it's really it's just a magnificent place. And, you know, it, it's great to call it home finally. Yay. Welcome. So with that said, I want to talk about you and your background in nutrition. So, you know, according to what I've read, you have a little over 10 years experience working with clients, but you seem to have a much more in-depth knowledge of nutrition and this area in lifestyle. So can you tell us where and how you got interested in this area? Yeah. So I, I am a trained functional nutritionist. I'm also a certified autoimmune coach because I deal with a lot of autoimmune disease. I myself am about 10 points away from reversing my autoimmune disease, but I, I came into nutrition because I felt that that was the most, I saw the most results doing functional nutrition and, and I'll get into that in a second. But how I started was I grew up in LA with, you know, my mom was always trying to lose the same five or 10 pounds. And I, she would always say, oh, these foods are bad and these are good. And I'm thinking, those bad foods taste pretty darn good to me. Uh -huh. Why are those bad? And why, what makes them good and bad? And why are they fattening? And then my grandma was doing the same thing. And she would go to, you know, the, she called it the fat farm every year. And I found out later when I grew up that it was Canyon Ranch that oh. she would with my aunt every year. Right. So we had this, I grew up with this relationship with food that was like either on or off. And it was really confusing as a kid. Right. And as a teen, I was like, oh, well, I should probably be on a diet. And so it was all this restriction and deprivation and I shouldn't have, and I could have, and I, but I won't have. And there's a lot of that you know, and then plus we start celebrating with food, right? We're celebrated with it. We punish ourselves with food. We punish others with food. If you don't clean that, you can't have that ice cream or that dessert. We do a lot of rewarding. If you get an A, you get a scoop of ice cream, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it, but there's a lot of emotion and a lot of shtick around food. So I always had a passion for nutrition. I ended up after college going into the sports marketing industry and worked for some professional teams, but I always read nutrition books on the side and there were barely any written at that time, but I, I just read everything I could and did as much research. And then I finally, um, after kind of experimenting on my kids and making real food from scratch, I never gave them canned baby food or anything like that. I always just made their food from scratch and I didn't give them sugar for a long time. And I used them kind of as little guinea pigs. 
And I started to kind of figure out why is it that we gain weight? And why is it that we can't lose weight? And then when I was trying to, I conceived my daughter, no problem. And then when I was trying to conceive my second, I just couldn't conceive. I, if I did conceive, I would lose the baby. I went through miscarriages and, and really tough time. My kids are six years apart. I finally figured it out. I made a whole list of what was going on, but I did find out that I was uh, hypothyroid. So I was wondering why is my thyroid an underachiever, right? Why is this happening? And the doc wrote a script and said, you know, take this forever. And I went forever. Why would I be taking a synthetic medication to, to take care of a, a hormone that my body's actually born to produce? So I started down that train. And then eventually after I had my second child, uh, about a year or so later, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is when mm body makes antibodies and it, and it just chose my thyroid to attack it. And you're, it's an autoimmune disease. So I thought, why is it that this is escalating and what can I do? What are the root causes? How can I reverse this? How I don't want to be on medication my whole life. So I went down that rabbit hole and this was while I was going through the time where I was going to school to become a nutritionist. And that really expedited my learning. And since then um, people walked into my office uh, at the beginning of my practice. And I had put everybody on the same eating program, right? Let's do the anti-inflammatory diet for everybody. And I saw some people that were thriving and a whole chunk of other people that really weren't thriving. They, they were doing okay, but they were not thriving. So it took me a while, but I figured out my methodology food frame. And I realized that every person is different. We should all actually be eating for our current health status, mm -hmm. right? So if you're having bloating and gas and you have some SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, or you've got um, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome or irritable bowel disease, I would not recommend maybe keto for you, right? Um, and, and, and conversely, if you had some blood sugar issues, I would recommend a certain way of eating until we have um, taken care of that health concern, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in 2022 at this point. We Our TV tells us what we like to watch. Our, our music tells us what we like to listen to. We should be eating according to what works, not just genetically, but our health status, our current health status. So that's how I developed uh, Food Frame. And, you know, these books come out, these diet books come out from time to time, and they're great for some people. And they're really not that great for others. So, you know, I think we all have that story where my neighbor or my coworker just lost 40 pounds on keto, but when I tried it, nothing happened, right? Personally, when I tried it, I couldn't even get into the state of ketosis without exogenous ketones. And so I think it's really important to know that if you don't have a gallbladder, if you don't have blood sugar dysregulation, if you have steatocrit on your stool test, that is really high that tells us you are un unable to digest your fats very optimally, that is not gonna be the, the diet lifestyle for you. Mm. So I think that it's not a general blanket. It's not one size fits all. It's not about the new book that comes out. It's what is customized to your current health status. I love it. And I couldn't agree more with you. And I think it's really important to emphasize, I'll reiterate what you said, about what is right for you in this moment. So it could be a weekly, daily, you know, experience. Uh, you know, you have to really know yourself to be able and know what's working. Your energy levels are one way of, of, of monitoring that. And correct me if I'm wrong, your energy levels, your sleep, um, you, where you stress levels, like how irritable are you, right? So we talked about irritable bowel disease, but 
What about your irritability just in general? Like how do you react to stress? This is all coming from your gut as well. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then it brought me into functional nutrition, which is basically the same guidelines as functional medicine. So with everybody I work with, I always say, I'm really not good at playing darts with the lights off and I cannot see the target, right? You mm-hmm. have that, I'm sure too. And so I order extensive blood labs. So I'm seeing all nine markers of your thyroid, all four markers of your blood sugar, all your inflammation markers, where's your liver, your kidneys, so on and so forth, breakdown of your white blood cells. But then I order a very extensive stool test because so many times it's because we have H. pylori or we have C. diff or we have parasites or we have, um, you know, a, a gliadin, a gluten intolerance. So there's so much information that I glean from those tests that help me turn on the light so I can see the target. What works right for you? Mm. Go ahead. So I would say, like, I mean, your your position in somebody's life or your role in somebody's life is critical. You're a coach. You are, you know, a nutrition life coach. And I, that word is thrown around and I, I use it also like I'm a health and fitness coach because a coach is somebody, and I use the example of like a sport team, like you're the person and your client is, you know, Tom Brady and he knows exactly what he needs to do, but there are certain times when he may not, and he needs a couple tweaks and he needs a couple pieces of advice from a coach who's on the sideline all the time in his ear with buds on. And you as the same with me, like you consistently remind somebody and or tweak somebody in the moment by day, by week, by month, by year. And you, you, you create these relationships with somebody. So you know them intimately, I'm assuming. Yes, of course. Oh, I know their blood work and their stool yeah, test. Yeah, that's really, I can't get any more intimate than that. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I ask a lot of questions, but um, yeah, I think it's really important to know. I mean, I'm going to give you a great example. So Freddie Cupper's, Freddie Couples, one of the greatest golfers of our time. He's, you know, one of the world's greatest golfers, but he came in, to, he wanted to lose some 20 pounds for the Masters. And I, I, he's famous for back pain. I mean, famous. He's been carried off golf courses. He's always dealt with back pain. It was just his, part of his, you know, people know. So I said to him, let's talk about the back pain. And we, we went through a whole thing. And he's telling me about this doctor and that physical therapist. And I'm telling, I said, where, where are the surgeries? He goes, oh, I've never had a surgery. And I'm like, you have this much back pain. I said, has anybody ever checked you for inflammation? He said, I don't think so. So I ordered a battery of tests for inflammation. And sure enough, this guy was through the roof with inflammation, systemic inflammation, which we know is the driver of disease. He walked in my office with headaches, not able to smell, major smell sensitivity. And he lives on two different golf courses. Both of his homes are on golf courses and he works on golf courses. So day in and night, day in, day out, and all through the night, he is breathing in these pesticides and all these chemicals that are being treated with these golf courses, well, it's compounded. And now he has massive inflammation. I put him on my detox. We decreased his systemic inflammation. His back pain disappeared. Disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, he was traveling with a physical therapist. So, you, it, again, you've got to look at the root causes of why is this happening? I mean, I work with so many people with so many different difficult things, whether they're all body hives or headaches or, or constipation, diarrhea, all these gut stuff. Um, and um, I, I basically what I do is systemic inflammation and gut health at the end of the day. Those are the two things that define optimal health, in my opinion, or they're the two major critical things that hinder optimal health. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Food is medicine and or it could be a poison. And we don't know. 
Um, I use the example, like you ever read labels and it says, this was manufactured in a, you know, with, you know, peanuts or nuts, you know, because if somebody had a, a microscopic amount of a nut uh, debris, they could have anaphylactic shock and die. That's how serious it could be where somebody could like have a scoop of peanut butter and they're, it's benign and they're totally fine. That's how deadly food can be, you know? So it's, yeah. um, it's really, it's really cool to, to hear that you've taken nutrition and you've gone to this depth and understanding of it in this functional way. Um, what I love about what you do and, and your, in your website is uh, Risa grew nutrition and grew is G R O U X nutrition.com is you have a simple quiz. Uh, it takes literally like two minutes or less to take that helps you understand which food frame you fit into and you explain the food frames. So let's go into the food frames. If you could define kind of each of those areas, where do most people fall into, uh, just kind of generally speaking, uh, what is maybe one of those that you would think might, if anybody didn't know anything, if they took your quiz, they will know more, but what area would you say you could go into or have, um, uh, some results in if you didn't know anything and just give us an idea of what this food frame is and then how to figure out what's best for you. Yeah. So I wrote the book food frame because it is my philosophy. And I, what I do is I start with my detox, which is really imperative because we're so bombarded with toxins. The FDA has currently approved 86,000 chemicals for us to use well over mm. 3000 we can eat. That's a new number. It's about 2000 approved every year, regardless of who's in the white house. So it's, we have to be very diligent. I mean, I have supplements in my office that I use as samples that, that would filled with toxins that, I mean, it's causing more harm than good. A lot of soybean oil and corn oil in our supplements. And it's crazy, right? Let alone our food. So we have to be very diligent about detoxifying. So we start off with that for two weeks while we're getting blood tests and stool tests. But if you what are- What does that look like? Can you explain that process? Detox, what is it, is yeah, it, the yeah. detox is two weeks, 14 days. You're having two shakes a day and those shakes include collagen. In, a in, in, in addition to the collagen, there's amino acids and antioxidants that help open up pathways one and two for, for optimal detoxification and gentle detoxification. Collagen is my favorite because it's basically, I call it grout for leaky gut. Um, and it's great for hair, skin, and nails, joint pain, all those things. But um, you're eating real food. You're eating more of a paleo type program. So you're eating animal protein, unlimited vegetables, uh, sweet potato and yams, good fats. It's not about starvation. It's not about hunger. It's about binding toxins and getting them out of the system and putting in good food that's easily digestible without too many chemicals. Awesome. And once you do that, and then everybody loves to do it for weight loss, but it is not a weight loss program. My philosophy and my full belief is that weight loss is a side effect of wellness. So it is a wellness program, but everybody and loses weight. It seems what I like about it too, and, and I, I've uh, encouraged clients to also do this is they, you build them a strong mindset when you're doing this, right? Because you have to commit to something and it's two weeks and it does shake you up a little bit. It makes you a little bit, it's a little challenging at certain points. So you got to commit. And when you do, you create this mindset. So the rest of the program can you, you build the momentum? Yes, it gives you structure and discipline. And that's, those are the ingredients for success. And you'll feel amazing. I mean, the second week you just thrive, your energy, you're sleeping better, you're pooping better, your, your attitude is better, your skin's cleared up, you've lost some weight, you feel that everybody comes in. I feel less puffy is what everybody mm -hmm. says. 
So it's all of those things, but it's really helpful to clean out that liver. I mean, we clean out our garage, right? We, we need to do that in our body. And so we start with that and then we jump into whichever food frame is right for you. So as you said, the, the, the quiz on my website at Risa Green Nutrition, it's perfect to find out which frame you are if you don't know already. So I highlight the six major diet types or eating lifestyles that I use in my office pretty much 99% of the time. Occasionally I need to stray, but those are the main ones that we all fit into. So let's break them down. The first one is paleo and paleo stands for paleolithic. It basically is the, what would be referred to as the caveman diet. This one has the broadest appeal to anyone. So if you don't know what your food frame is, 99.9% chance you're going to thrive on a paleo program. It's the easiest to travel, the easiest to maintain. It's what I follow and I highly recommend it for almost every single person. Mm -hmm. So, and I and took your quiz and just to let, I told you before, but I took your quiz and that's where I fell into you're as well. a paleo guy. I yeah. love Excellent. So that's great. So we're, it's focusing on eating like we used to eat when we were first put on this planet and we had animal protein that was not filled with, um, uh, hormones and, and, um, and, uh, eating grains and, and antibiotics and things like that. So the cleanest as possible is the best. Um, which is very hard to do here, but if you can, and then unlimited vegetables, sweet potato, yams, very similar to the detox. And this is going to help decrease systemic inflammation. It's going to help increase good gut health. It's going to help balance out sugars, blood sugar dysregulation. I test everybody for insulin resistant resistance. So a lot of times people think I'm not pre-diabetic, but are you insulin resistant? Cause that's the first step to pre-diabetes. Mm. Um, and very helpful for gain weight, gaining weight. If you're insulin resistant, you want to gain weight, that, that's the way to do it. Shut off those receptors on the cells. So paleo is a great way to do it. And I recommend that pretty much broadly, but for anybody who has blood sugar dysregulation, I'm, that's a go-to for me. Also in that category would be keto. So that stands for ketosis, getting into the state of ketosis, which is basically when you shift your fuel source from carbohydrates that turn into sugar and we switch it. So it's now you're using fat for fuel. So it's very difficult to maintain. As I said, this is not for somebody without a gallbladder. This is not for somebody who has fat malabsorption. It's not very um, successful for most women, although I see many women thrive on it, but majority of women don't do well. It's not for somebody who has a lot of adrenal fatigue or a lot of cortisol production, a high stress person who's had chronic stress, not going to succeed very well on this. Um, and this is very restrictive. So you're eating most of your 75 to 85% of your calories are in fat. So it's basically like the animal protein diet, right? You're eating a lot of cheese and cream and bacon and butter and things like that. The challenge with this is you cannot get out of the state of ketosis because you'll start, you know, you'll stop burning, but you um, really, it's hard to get in a lot of fiber because all vegetables contain carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of a challenge there. I, it's very, very effective for a lot of things. Blood sugar dysregulation is number one. It's pretty good for uh, cardiovascular disease, which uh, I know it doesn't sound like it, but there's plenty of studies that do prove that. And I don't recommend it for longer than a three month period. I think it's good to take a break and then get back into the state of ketosis. It sounds then, like, uh, the, and excuse me if I can interrupt for a second, sounds like the Atkins diet or 
the way very very similar, similar to Atkins. Similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and then we have, if you have any autoimmune disease at all, if you know anybody in your immediate family, you have a one third chance. Our genetics are one third of why we get autoimmune disease. So that's a pretty big chunk. And if you do already have autoimmune or you think you might, this one would be great. This is all geared for decreasing systemic inflammation. When we have autoimmune disease, we have what's called our TH17. These are our Treg cells. It starts to produce and it creates a, what we call a cytokine storm. Cytokines are inflammatory molecules. And it we basically have a fire in the basement. If you go to an allopathic conventional medicine doctor, they might give you a squirt gun. Say here, try that. See how that works. This is going to give you a hose. It's going to call the fire department in and say, let's get rid of this inflammation. Let's stop attacking whatever gland organ tissue it is that is um, being attacked with this autoimmune disease. And so it quells that inflammation. It is an elimination diet. So it's 30 to 90 days. The stricter you are, the better off you'll be. It is very difficult. It's paleo plus plus. So Mm. it's paleo, I should say minus minus, Um, minus eggs, minus nuts, minus seeds, minus nightshades. Um, There's no alcohol, no coffee, no chocolate, things like that. So it's very restrictive. Mm -hmm. Every single time, I mean, I'm telling you 100% of the time that I've ever had anybody do it, including myself, you see results. So I have somebody that I work with who has Tourette's, it was almost gone. Rheumatoid arthritis, things like that. It's just been amazing the responses that we see from that food restriction. Yeah, it's incredible to hear that that even something like Tourette's, um, you know, which seems like it's an uncontrollable, you know, twitch that you can't control, like can be mitigated with food. Absolutely amazing. What we eat matters for sure. And then from AIP, I would jump into a low lectin or a paleo program, but low lectin um, is basically lectins are these, I call them a hard candy shell around germs or seeds um, of of plants. So um, tomatoes are high in lectins, all nightshades. So potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, uh, goji berries, eggplant, um, squashes, cucumbers, things like that. It's really the skin and the seeds that create these lectins. And we all have the ability when we're in danger, we have the ability to protect ourselves. So humans, we can call 911, we can run, kick, bite, scream, flee, whatever we can need to do, but plants don't have that ability. So our main goals as living organisms is to survive and procreate. So that's what plants do is they have these lectins that protect them. They're called anti-nutrients. And so that if you eat it, it's going to try its hardest to stay alive so that it can survive and procreate. So it's going to be very hard to digest those for a lot of people. Mm. And they can cause a lot of inflammation, internal inflammation. So that is low lectin. And that again, has a different set of restrictions. All of these are in my book of what to eat and what not to eat. And then we have um, low FODMAP and low FODMAP, FODMAP is an acronym. It stands for fermented oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. And in plain English, these are different types of carbohydrates that basically absorb water um, when we eat them. So if you have SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, if you've got chronic bloating and perhaps you've got it with chronic um, constipation or chronic diarrhea or alternating, you're likely to have SIBO. I always test for that. 
um, or as I mentioned, IBS or IBD, this would be the eating lifestyle for you. Mm -hmm. Low FODMAP, also an elimination diet, 30 to 90 days, the stricter you are at the beginning, the better off you'll be. And what you're trying to do is starve that bacteria that accidentally parked itself in the small intestines rather than the lard. And food can do that. And then, yeah. And then there's one more, you have vegan. Yeah, vegan or vegetarian. This is not actually my favorite go-to because I believe that most of us are put on this planet to eat protein. I am a former vegan myself and I watched my blood sugars go up and up and up and up. And I wasn't eating pasta and bread and ice cream. I was eating beans, my source Mm. uh, plant protein. And they're great for fiber. They're great polyphenols. They're great for protein. And they are very high in lectins, but they also are very high in carbohydrates. So um, they're not for everybody. So it would be, again, a case-by-case situation. I do have a lot of people come to me culturally or religiously that have never eaten meat. So this is something that I would work with with them. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, the vegan and vegetarian sort of movement that's happened over the past decade has, um, you know, people think that that it's healthier, you know, just because it's vegetables. And to your point, it's not always. And yes, it could be better. Vegetables are better than, you know, animal sources that are not sourced from very high quality or high standard places or farms, but it's you know, still you have to be careful. You said about the high blood sugar level and um, also vegetables are full of pesticides as well. We need to be very exactly. mindful of that um, and diligent, as you said. Um, well, we I love again, most of our plate in plants, you know, yeah. 60, 80% regardless, right? Except right. Low uh, absolutely. Um, so the quiz, um, tell us about the quiz. I took it. I thought it was really, you know, very well thought out. Um, it consists of about 10 to 12 questions and then it gives you which area you focus in on. Um, you know, I highly recommend someone do it. There's no risk in taking it. There's no, you, you know, you basically go onto your site, risagrunutrition.com and take that quiz. Um, and then once you get in there, what I also liked about your site is that you have a ton of recipes. I'm again, sharing with the audience when they go to your site, what is there? So this is a very well thought out and thorough site. And I applaud you on it. So you can tell it's, um, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of time and thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, I tried to make it as user-friendly as possible because it get, can get confusing. So um, it's broken down by different diet types and each recipe also has which food frame is best for you. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to say, what kind of snacks do I like? And I went to the chia pudding. Under the chia pudding, it would say which uh, food frames it would work for. Or you can go to your food frame that you know. Let's say you want to go to paleo. It's going to be a boatload of recipes. And so it is um, searchable by both um, diet type and by meal type. Okay, awesome. We had talked a bit about, uh, before we went recording, about um you you've done some work with some of the uh, the, the uh, contestants on the Biggest Loser post the show, mm-hmm. um, and helping them to maintain or really build into their weight loss dramatic weight loss that they had on the show more sustainable weight loss over a lifetime. Um, you know, there's always been talks, uh, and the show hasn't been iron on for a while, and you know, but there are other iterations of it with you know these challenged 
uh, weight loss shows or, you know, even gyms do these programs, especially coming up in the new year where, you know, if you lose X amount of weight or the biggest loser gets a free month, whatever it looks like, people are incentivized to lose weight. However, there's something that's missing because typically, and I don't know what the number is, I'm going to just say nine out of 10 people typically will gain that weight back. From your experience, from your knowledge, um, why does that happen? Um, and what can you do to prevent that from going on these yo-yo diets? Excellent question. So I just want to address the biggest loser first, and then I'll get into that. But when I worked with the season champion for season four champion, Jim, he was great and um, super great guy. And he came into my office and he told me he lost, I think it's 147 pounds, something like that, 150 pounds. And then he gained it all back. So I, when I before he, when he first came in, I said, so how much did you lose? And he said, well, do you want the real weight or the TV weight? I said, well, what's the difference? He said, well, the TV weight, they make you by the end of the show before the finale, they make you drink protein, liquid protein only for two weeks before you get on the scale for the last show for the finale. And then that, so that's the TV weight, right? And then they really didn't give him many tools. And when we were going through his food and he was telling me about the three cups of coffee he was eating and the three packs of packets of Splenda he was putting in each of his cups of coffee, I said, did they not talk to you about nutrition? And basically it was this over-exercising a bad diet. Mm. I don't know about you, Steve, but I don't have time to exercise six to eight hours a day. No. Right. Even you or, or working out as, as a business, you probably don't have that to, to put on for your own personal time. So I never want not, to do that anyway. Right. You wouldn't want to do that. You put all this stress and cortisol on your body and that's not going to help you lose weight. It's not practical. It's not healthy. It's not realistic. So what I say to people is, you know, I work with people who come in and they've lost 150 pounds three times, three times. And there's a, there's a mental component to that. What is your relationship with food? What, what's our relationship with success? And um, what's the self-punishment thing we've got going? That's a separate office, but that's definitely an, a factor. And then the other factor is physical. What's going on? Are we depriving ourselves of food? Are we not creating a lifestyle? Are we living in a state of deprivation? Or I don't want anybody on a diet. You know, the, the subtitle of my book is diet is a four letter word because diet, I mean, the original word is what we eat is the definition, but we've now be created a diet culture where it's which diet are you on? Which deprivation method are you using? Right. And it isn't about deprivation. It isn't about starvation. It isn't about restriction. It's about feeding our bodies. So I use this example with people that I work with. I say to somebody who's I'm working with the very first day is I want you to imagine that your body's just like a sneaker factory. You've got all the equipment to make a sneaker, right? It might look like the Nike factory, right? So I know if I give you leather or rubber or canvas, I know we're going to get a sneaker at the end, right? It may change in shape or size or color, but it'll be a sneaker. And if I say to you, I've got this great idea, let's put some cell phone parts in your sneaker factory. What would you say? You're crazy. I love that response. That's what I'm looking for. Because if we if we did do that, right, let's think about if we went to Nike and said, let's let's try and make a cell phone out of this equipment where they have hundreds of millions of dollars with equipment. What's going to happen to that equipment? We're going to break it. 
And I use that silly little example because whoever it was that created us years ago, many, I, I don't know how, when that was or who that was, but we know we had things crawling on the ground and spreading from the earth. These are things that we could eat. And our two main goals as living organisms, as I said earlier, was to survive and procreate. So next thing you know, we started the industrial revolution. We've got a lot of chemicals, right? We talked about that before. The average American female comes in contact with over 200 chemicals just before she's left the bathroom each morning. Hmm. You read your shampoo and your hair gel and your nail polish and your makeup remover and your deodorant and your moisturizers and let's put some perfume on and then we're going to put in some clothes that just got back from the dry cleaner and we are just inundated with all these toxins. So we're putting cell phone parts in our sneaker factory and we haven't eaten anything yet, right? We haven't gone to any restaurant, whether it's nice or not or expensive or not. They're, most of them are using bad, refined, crappy oils that are going to drive up inflammation. Mm. So I am really conscious about taking the sneaker parts out. People, I mean, the cell phone parts. People walk into my office and they're having these bars from, I won't mention these companies, but they're weight loss companies. And I read the ingredients and I'm like, are you a chemistry experiment? Hmm. These are a lot of chemicals. You might lose weight. I don't know how, but you may, but you're going to be sick. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what you look like in the coffin. I just don't want to get you into the coffin, right? <laughs> I just am really all about quality of life and preventing disease. And I know that when we keep putting cell phone parts in our sneaker factory, we're going to break down. That's so true. I, you know, your, your, um, your philosophies, your standards, and, and, you know, let me, let me say standards, right? So that's something important when you think about weight loss food, uh, people have low standards for food, right? They, you know, the, what's the standard American diet, um, is a sad diet. Uh, that's the acronym, but when we say standards, right? So we talk about like dating, right? You might say, Steve, what's your, you know, what, what's your, the, your girl of choice? Like if you had a dream, girl, what, what does she look like? You know, oh, she's tall or she's athletic or she's blonde or blue, whatever. There's a standard. You have a certain quality, something that you're attracted to or vice versa. I would say, Risa, what's your standard for men or what's your standard for restaurants or clothes or cars, whatever it looks like. But people tend, in my experience as a health fitness coach over 25 plus years, is they have low standards of food. And I don't get it. I don't understand why that's the case. And like you said earlier, it could be an expensive restaurant, but yet still the standard of the food that they choose at those restaurants can be of low value. They don't understand the importance that what we're putting into our body really is our is going to control everything, our, our, our longevity, our aging gracefully, like you said, inflammation, our energy levels, how we're going to feel the next day, our, our mental uh, fortitude and mindsets. Mm-hmm. So how, in your opinion and, and in your experience, can we change that standard? I love that you said that because that's exactly it. And I do an experiment sometimes. If I go to Costco, I haven't been in a long time, but when I used to go, And if I had time, I would sit back and watch the people who are handing out samples. And I would always look to see if anybody asks what's in this or look at the ingredient label. I will always see people trying to get a second sample, but I've never once seen anybody ask for ingredients. And sometimes if I walk by them, they offer me a sample. I say, no, thank you. But does anybody ever ask you what ingredients are in there? And I've never had anybody tell me they have. Mm. So that is what exactly what you're talking about. And I don't think it's our fault. 
I think it's that we just don't talk about food as, as medicine. We think about what do I feel like? What am I in the mood for? What sounds good? Ooh, you know what I could really go for? We're not thinking, oh, I had a lot of protein and fiber this morning. And so now I'm going to need some minerals or I want some fat or we don't think that way. Maybe you and I do, but most people don't because we don't even know. We're not taught about food. And, you know, think about when somebody's sick or down or, 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 or grieving, we bring them sugar. Mm -hmm. Why would we do that? So it's, again, we're going to go back to this relationship we have with food, which is really not food as medicine. Food is comfort. Food is celebration. Food is punishment. So if we, if we turn the light bulb on and say, wow, I feel so much better when I eat that grilled fish with all those vegetables with a side salad with some good fats in it than I do when I go to McDonald's and I eat that burger and fries. You know, there's a difference the way you feel because what we eat matters. Mm -hmm. So I think it takes people like you and I to turn that light bulb on for them. Yes. The other thing that I turn on for people, because I don't think we think about it, is we go to the doctor and the, the paradigm we have in, in conventional allopathic medicine in the Western community, in Western, you know, in, in, in America, let's just say, is a pill for an ill. And, you know, I had somebody today who's on seven medications at 35. And I said, you realize you do not have high cholesterol because you have a deficiency in statins. You don't have anxiety and depression because you were born with a deficiency in Zoloft, right? We don't think that way. We're in pain. We want to get out. This is what the doctor gives you. When it stops working, they'll give you something else and then they'll double it, right? And then we start taking body parts out. But if we could stop that trajectory and say, you know what? Why is it that I'm having anxiety and, and depression? Is it in my gut? 90% of my serotonin is produced in my gut. That's our happy hormone. What if I changed my gut, you know, and why do we have elevated cholesterol? Well, there's four root causes to elevated cholesterol. So let's go down the list and see if you have one or two or three or four, you know, and same thing with all of these things. The answer isn't medication. Mm -hmm. It might be short term and I get that, but long term, should we all be on all this medication? Absolutely not. Mm. They block nutrients. You know, as I always say, we're covering up one hole at the front of the boat, but we're going to have three more that's going to pop up at the back of the boat. So then we're going to chase those three and then six more are going to pop up at the front of the boat. And by this time, this woman is 45. She's going to be exhausted. She's already got two autoimmune diseases. And again, the doctor gave her a squirt gun and didn't tell her to change her eating. She just selected different foods because she can't eat them. So we need to educate our children. We need to have a voice in the, in the community to say what you eat matters. Now, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. There's a place and time for pizza. But what I say to everybody I work with is there's food for sport and there's food for survival. Most people walk into my office eating the majority of their food is food for sport. I flip that around. I'm going to have you eat for survival. We're always going to have sport eating, whether we're traveling, it's our birthday, it's a holiday, or we just want some chips and guac, right? We budget for that. But just like you can't, you save your money, you, you, you budget your time, we're doing the same thing with food. 
I like that. That was a great way to finish. Marisa, this has been very insightful and informative, and I love your vibe and your whole program here, Food Frame. Again, you can find you, RisaGrewNutrition.com. Your book is also called Food Frame. And the subtitle again is? Diet is a four-letter word. Diet is a four-letter word. I love that. In closing, if before you wrote your book, what was your most recommended book that you, you, you told people to read? Gosh, I have so many. Food Fix is a really good one by Dr. Mark Hyman. It really highlights the the broken food system that we have. And I think that's really where it starts. If we could fix that, we wouldn't be worried about insurance. We would fix a lot of ails. You could get into a doctor because it wouldn't be packed. That's a really good book. There's so many that I like, but that, that would be that's a really good one. Okay, great. It's a great book. And Dr. Mark Hyman is an awesome author and, and nutritionist, functional medicine doctor as well. So, and then one final question, what is your cheat meal or cheats desserts, if you will? I don't really have a cheat dessert, but I love pizza. Yeah. So I do gluten-free pizza and I don't do it all the time, but occasionally I do. And I, I do gluten-free pizza. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Well, It's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. I am excited to stay in touch with you and continue to support you and vice versa. So until next time, everybody, stay healthy and well and raise your standards and your food choices. It matters because you matter. Thanks for listening and make sure you rate the podcast if you haven't yet on Spotify, Amazon, and Apple. Until next time, stay well.